Matthew chapter 6 from verse 1 to 4. Be careful not to do acts of righteousness before men, not to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue, and on the streets to be honored by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Mark chapter 12 from verse 41 to 44. Mark 12, 41 to 44. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. Amen. Lord, we thank you for a good day like this where we can hear your word. We are subject to your word because you are our maker, our redeemer, and our friend. Thank you that we are anchored in you. And the words you give us are the words of life. To you alone be praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus, our Lord and Savior's name. Amen. We're looking at things that will make it possible for us to fulfill the mission of God. And we're looking at that sticky subject of the mandate and the motive for giving. The mandate and the motive for giving. So let's look at definition of terms as they say. What is a mandate? A mandate is an official order. Or commission to do something. You have a mandate to do something. Yesterday I was standing in my porch, just minding my own business, and I saw three young people in front of the gate almost getting into an argument with uh, uh, some of the people in the house. So I asked them, What is wrong? He said, Sir, they brought a form, and we're asking them, Where are they from? And they're arguing with them, and we're also arguing with them. So they brought a form. I said, okay, oh, let them come. Sometimes they may know who you are. You know who you are. So you don't argue with them too much. They come. They should come. So they came. I said, let me look at the form. I took the form and I looked at it. I said, hey, where are you from? He said, we are from Adenta. So what is this? To tell you, it says, Adenta Municipal Assembly, Provisional Property Rate Bill. And then they have an amount there that I'm supposed to pay. I said, is it for me? Say, sir, uh, your name is there, your house number is there, your GPS address is there, it is for you. And I said, eh, okay, these are young people, so you know what men do. Even if you don't understand something, you don't begin to argue with little children. So I said, you put it down. What am I supposed to be? Say, sir, pay it very soon. Otherwise, the rate will keep increasing because of penalty. I look at them, and I'm being a pastor that I am, I say, God bless you, see you later. Madame comes to the house and asks, uh, Madame, have you seen that green tea? Yes! Where is it from? Yeah, I saw it. Who says you pay? I said, oh. They said they are from Adenta. We live in their area. I said, well, what have they done for us? What is this? That? I said, you see, our problem is like many of our... And now, say, Madame, between 
they are going and you're coming, I learned something. Part of the problem we have, those who stay in government bungalow, those who stay in pastoral, those who stay in official residences, we don't pay these things. Somebody pays for us. But when you think you are about to retire and you manage to put some small thing up, then for the first time you start paying property rate. And I said, property rate, land rate, this and I said, yeah. I said, how do you know where they come from? I said, madam, please, you can see. They said, Adenta Municipal Assembly. So I went and asked them. I said, I beg you, you go and ask them. But you ask them quickly. Because if you like it or don't like it, we have to pay. Hello? Are you with me? Somebody like that. And then I, I just thought through. Well, you buy your own car. You pay rent. You, you pay DVLA. You pay tax. You buy fuel. You pay for fire. You pay for NHI. You pay all these tools. So, and those who give it up, you pay for They have the mandate to collect it from you. Otherwise, all things being equal, they will change your sleeping place. It reminded me of a man who was driving one of these nice cars uh, called, uh, you know, those cars with the silver. It's like a B uh, called Bugatti. So I went to the man and said, Sir, your car is very nice. How much does it cost? He said, Please, before I tell you how much it costs, can you ask me how much tax I paid? <laughs> so I said, How much tax is it? He told me the tax. And I said, Hey! Then it is more expensive than the Prado I'm driving. He said, That is the whole point I want you to get. <laughs> so I found my level. I didn't ask the price again. Because he wanted me to know that even his tax alone on that vehicle. So, you know, when you don't have something, uh, gentility without ability is common regularity. I just went and sat in my car and I drove up for him to drive his Bugatti because the tax is more. <laughs> Hello. He has a mandate. Somebody has a mandate to collect the tax from him. And he was using it to boast. Now, these are earthly things. But those in authority, people are commissioned and it is their right. If you live in a nation, you live in a state, to collect from you. You are mandated or somebody gives you authority to do something. And you have to do it. That's just one of the examples. But what is motive? The reason for doing something. So can you imagine it? I've never paid this before. Now they say I should come and pay. Do you believe that I will go to that office to go and pay and I'll be laughing? Please, here's my money from my pension. Please get and pay. Ah, you think I'll go there happily to pay? Maybe you're not like me. You will go, but I'm not sure I will go happily. But I have to pay because it is a duty. Today we are looking at that interesting topic of giving. Jesus takes us to another level. The mandate and the motive for giving. I'm sharing this because when it comes to giving, people have all kinds of ideas. But let me suggest to you that sometimes in trying very hard or working very hard not to understand it, we are actually putting ourselves in trouble. And sometimes people start with their children. Last week, I went to all the children's classes, all of them. I mean, the ones that meet at this hour, pray with them, meeting with them, seeing how they are doing. It was so exciting. So I asked them whether they've seen the video. Some of them said yes, some of them said no. Play the video, let's see. Some of you may have seen it. A little child who has been taught not to give to pastors. How many have seen this video before? Okay. In Ghana, saying that we should stop giving our money to pastors. So, when the collection time comes, my mother always gives me money to give to the pastor. 
But I decided not to, and I saved the money. So here is my bank that I saved my money in. And I'm going to show you guys how much I actually got. Yeah. All these coins I'm delivering to the pasta every time the collection comes. See how much I could save. So I'm going to be giving I'm not going to give the pasta any more money. My shoes are not good anymore. I needed some more shoes. But since I've been giving all my money to the pastors, I haven't had I mean, any money to buy my I also need a new bag. Because since then, I've been using sack to carry my books. Every time I go to church, uh, all the pastors... So this little girl has been taught not to give to pastors. Now, when you come to church, do you give to pastors or you give to God? Well, in some churches, they give to the pastors. I agree. But maybe not here. But so she's been taught not to give to pastors. So she's keeping her money. Is that a lot of money? Some of you are laughing. Is that a lot of money? Well, but she's been taught. Do you know how long she can carry this on in life? Do you know what that will lead to? I have a principle for you. A person who does not learn to give but hurts becomes a lonely and miserly person. Proverbs chapter 11 verses 24 to 25. Tell us something. Let's read that Proverbs 11, 24, 25. You see, the Bible teaches us a lot of principles to live by. And sometimes we take it for granted. And when we don't do certain things or we don't get certain blessings, we blame ourselves. We've watched over the years that children, when they are young, whatever you give them, they give. But we're beginning to see that children... Because of some of this understanding or some of the things they have learned, instead of giving what they've been given by their parents to give offering, they hide it to buy ice cream and uh, units and credit and do other things that they are not supposed to be doing with the money. And videos like this go on and on to go and perpetrate it. Proverbs eleven twenty four to 25. It says, one man gives. They give and they are prospered. They give and they are rich from what they have given. Another one hoards, and from hoarding, they do not get anything. A generous person will be enriched, and the one who gives a drink of water will receive water. Verse 24. Let's take 24 again. One person gives freely, yet gains more. Another withholds what is right, only to become poor. So giving is almost like sowing. You sow, you reap. You keep your seeds, you don't get anything. And it works in the house of God, it works as a spiritual principle. A person who does not learn to give by heart becomes a lonely and a miserly person. And if you have any child you've taught these things, this abuse their minds. Because Proverbs 22, 6 says, what does it say? Train a child the way he or she should go, and when they are old, they would not turn from it. If you teach them to be miserly, insulting, uh, gossiping, and lying, and all those things, when they grow, they will not depart from it. They will live the life that you taught them. Are you with me? Now, so, let's see two widows. Another widow who is this girl's older version. There's this woman. This woman is called Marjorie. It's a true story. 
Mrs. Marjorie Jackson was found dead in her home. She was dressed in a flannel pajamas and a house coat was found on the kitchen floor. Now, this woman lived alone in the U.S. And many times she had called the police when anybody came close to her house. And they've gone there only to find out that she said, there's nothing, you go back. But on this particular occasion, nothing was coming from the house and neighbors were beginning to smell something having been visited by some vultures and crows. And the police were called with an ambulance. They went there. There were three solid padlocks. They broke in before they went to see this woman, the woman, not this woman, dead. And they broke the door, looked at this woman. And what did they find out about her? They found some interesting thing. They suspected there was no foul play. But the strange thing is that the police discovered about $2 million in cash stuffed in trash cans, shoe boxes, drawers, toolboxes, paper bags, and pockets of clothing, and even a vacuum cleaner bag. Most of the money was in $100, poly poly, $2 million cash of money was found in a trash bag next to her bed. There was no foul play. That's how she lived. She just loved to collect the money, like the small girl. Only the small girl had backpack. This woman had more. Had vacuum cleaners, kitchen, cabin, pockets. She put them in. And what was her life? Lived in a room. She died lonely. And I wonder, I was just telling myself, if I were there, God forgive me. If I were sent on a mission like that, seeing this morning, <laughs> some of you are bad, you are bad. Uh, since it is all hundred dollars, please, 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 hold oh, oh. I mean, why are you behaving like that? I don't, no, no. I mean, why are you laughing? Because if you put your hand in one and it goes into your pocket, I mean, it will separate between you and poverty. But you see, uh, you are laughing. But you know, honesty is still the best policy. There was a man who found somebody's money in Nigeria, I think about some $50,000 cash. He presented it, they gave him an award, and they promoted him. But I'm saying the temptation is there. Look at it. The money went. And bankers tell us, Swiss bankers tell us, even in Ghana, there are people who have money. They, ha they, have, they have not told their spouses the bank account number. They have nothing. They are dead, and the money is gone to wherever it ought to go. The last one I heard recently was so funny. There was this guy. His wife was very sick. He tried whatever to do to help her. Finally, he said she should bring the money for her to be discharged. He was so I said, well, how can I get money for this woman to be discharged to come home? He was crying. Then his glasses fell down and went under the bed. He looked for the first time. He went under the bed. Men too are wonderful. Sometimes even under the bed. He looked under the bed and he found some boxes. So he pulled one to look for his glass. He opened the box. What? Hey, what was in it? Money. More money. Then he took the bed and mattress. More money. So he closed the door, collected all, then called their children. Come, Abba, come, Kofi, come, come. You see, this mattress uh, is full of other things. We have to get a new one when mommy comes. So go and burn it. So they took the mattress and they went and burnt it. They took the money and went and discharged the wife. And the wife came back home 
She sat on the bed. Next time, so what, what happened to the bed? They said, oh, mommy, mommy, the bed was full of bed bugs and cockroaches and all of that. She said, really? This bed? Yes. Hmm. Hmm. Every morning, hmm. And hmm. 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 Until he went to her grave and went to the wife. He said, oh, what? Some of you, you are like that. You, you see? Some of you, you are like that. And until she died. That is how miserly some people are. Starving your own children, your own husband, and even God of the good things, hoping that you are doing something. Mrs. Jackson was a widow of, very, of a very wealthy husband who left her over $14 million. There were two brand new car Cadillac Sevilles in her garage. Each one of them has less than 1,000 miles on them. Look at what Cadillac Seville is. This one. Two of them. Thousand miles, she had not exceeded it. And yet, she was there, miserable. No friend, no aunt, no cats, no dogs, just her, me, myself, and now. What do you think of a person like this? Do you want to be like her? Are you sure you are not like her? You are not like her. God bless you. She just said something about things like this. Can we read it together? Do not. Store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So you can store them here, it can go. But in heaven, no thieves, no cockroaches, no lizards, nobody will go and take it away from you. That is the admonition Jesus gives to us, that we should learn to be generous in sharing what God has given to us. The secret of lasting treasure is storing not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Two widows. We've seen the picture of the first widow, Mrs. Marjorie Jackson. Now we see another one, Jesus' widow, the heroine, the star of the story of Jesus. Now, there's an English word, supervision. So if you look at that, it's two words, super and vision. Somebody who has greater understanding, keen understanding. So when they say, somebody says supervisor, the assumption is that he knows something, she knows something, and is able to understand and coach others to come to their level. Jesus proved one day that he's a supervisor when he went to the temple to see how they were giving their offering. So look at this video. Jesus and his disciples sitting down, watching them. So see the Pharisees. Of a truth, I say unto you that this poor widow had cast in more than they all. I tell you that for all these have of their abundance cast in unto the offerings of God, but she of her penury has cast in all the living that she had. 
all of these big, big people there, they had plenty. And they were giving. And the motive was to show off. They were, they were throwing the money in. So that you see how much they were throwing in. They were just casting in. Plenty. Millionaires, thousandaires, sidoniers, whatever. They were throwing in. And she was almost embarrassed. And she put in the two coins. And the one with super vision. Who is able to discern. From whom you cannot hide anything to the disciples. Do you see what has happened here? All of them, all the other ones. What was their motive to show off? But look at this. Humble, worshiping God. Why did she even bother to give? Why? And that's where we see the mandate and the motive for giving. Three short points for your consideration. God has saved you and I as his people. And it has not pleased the Lord to take you to heaven yet. So he has left you here to be a member of the church of God. Way back, even when the Jews were in the desert, God asked them to do something. I had brought you out of the land of your oppressors and brought you into the desert. Whilst you are even struggling in the desert, God made a certain point for them. Be sure that none of you comes to me empty-handed. You do not come to me empty-handed. You come in my presence and you have something to give me. He says, oh God, how do you do that? How can you ask people to come to you with something? Because after all, they are in the desert. But God knew what he was talking about. He knew because godly giving is an act of worship and an act of obedience. An act of worship and obedience. For the children of God, it's an act of obedience and God and worship. In Exodus chapter 23, verse 15, he says, No one is to appear before me empty-handed. In Exodus 34, 20, he said, No one is to appear before me empty-handed. That was God's instruction to the Israelites. Where did he expect them to get the money from? Well, it's not only money that they can give. Apart from giving themselves, the temple worship must continue. They have to have olive oil. They have to have candles burning. They have to make sacrifices. And God expected his people to provide this. Oh, and therefore, when by the book of Malachi, they had stopped this. And the temple worship was not going on. When they were not even taking care of the priest. And the priest had gone into all kinds of things that they were doing. Some were selling all kinds of things. If you think that the selling of the things came only today, let me tell you. When people are pushed to the wall, they find all kinds of creative means in and outside the book to collect things from you. He said, there, you have robbed me of the tithes and offering. And your priests, they've gone to town on you. Now they are milking you. They are trying you. They are coming. They are selling pepper to you and sugar and cocoa with uh, sesame seed and all kinds of things in it. He said, what then shall we do? Go and give the tithe and offering so that my temple will run. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, Paul made it clear to the Corinthians also. On the first day of the week, when you are coming to the house of God to worship him, first day of the week, let each one set aside something to give to the house so that the Lord's work can go on. God expected his people to give. That is the mandate of God. 
That is the expectation of God. And so to come to the house of God and say, as for me, I have nothing, I have nothing, I have nothing. If you don't have it, God knows. But let me tell you, that is his expectation. Hello, you hear me? And the expectation is that you give to God for his work to continue. It is an act of worship, an act of obedience that there should be meat in my house. Now, the second reason, godly giving shows our humility and dependence on God. That woman, by giving in a godly way, shows humility and dependence on God. Well, how does it show humility? The English word is a very funny word. But humility, for instance, comes from the Latin root humus, which means soil. Humility, you are like the soil. You remember that you are clay. Without coming from the soil, you are nothing. And when the day comes when God withdraws his, his breath from you, you are gone. So you realize, I am what I am because of God's kindness, because of God's goodness. I didn't manufacture myself. I didn't create my own breath. Oh, somebody made me. And therefore, I'm showing thankfulness to him. I'm showing my dependence on him. That's what our dental people are telling me. You live in our area. We provide security for you. We provide roads for you. That's what Ghana is telling you. You live here. You live in your own You live here. So you depend on us. Your giving shows that you are a citizen. And you are law-abiding. But in this case, we're showing that we are dependent on God. And the best way to think about ourselves is to see that we are caretakers and stewards of everything that God has given us, everything that is in the world. Psalm 24 verse 1, Psalm 24 verse 1 puts it clearly. The earth is the Lord's and everything that is in it belongs to him. None of it is yours. That's why you cannot take any anywhere. You can't take it anywhere. So humility means, oh, landlord, if I may so say, this is your part. This is my giving. This is my part to let the work go on. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. Look, I am the Lord, the God. The one who gives you the ability to do what? To make wealth and doesn't add sorrows to it. So that money that you lack, that thing that you are waiting for, remember, I am the one to give you. So, you have a child. You give that child some biscuit. Say, oh, give me some. Say, I won't give you. Give me this papa. I will give you. If you have a child like that, and say, oh, this is my child. is smart. God, he won't give you. No, you are training the child to be selfish. God does not want any of his people to be selfish. Because we are stewards, or God expects us to be stewards and caretakers. Let me give a teaching that we have not taught here in a long time, or we may have been getting somewhere, but let me rehash it. When you give to God, the 90% that is left also belongs to God. So you have no right to use it anyhow. Or as a friend of mine would say, you have no right to use it anyhowly. What does anyhowly mean? Oh, I've given to God and therefore I can booze, I can drink, I can play lotto, I can... No, no, no. It belongs to God. 100% belongs to God. But he's so kind a landlord, so kind a maker that he wants 10% from you. So some of the Christian teachers have taught principles from the Bible. The 10, 10, 80 principle. 10% you give to God. Tithe. Lord, you made me. I bring it to your house. I give it to you. Lord, let your work go on. But 
is savings and investment for yourself. 10% to God, 10% for yourself. I've been teaching vacation school, now they call it summer school. This is the first class that I've taught, that I asked the children in that class, how many of you have savings account? And I couldn't even count two. I was shocked. It means our children are becoming materialistic and they are worldly. And I said, no. Even a small one, that, and I told them, each child at JHS level has the potential to be a millionaire in Ghana terms or more if they learn to save a little bit and invest it between now and when they go on retirement because the law of compound interest will work for their advantage. Well, I won't go too much into that, but just, just a fact. There's a habit they must learn and they must be taught. If you can go to a bank and they won't take that small, small one, the credit unions here, they will take it. So the 10% savings and investment. Don't tell me that banks are collapsing and even last week, 22 of them, all these things will happen, they will collapse. You know why it's happening? It's a factor of our own greed, our own corruption, lack of enforcement of laws. But the government has said that all those who have savings there, you will not lose it, it will come back to you. So we are going through a time of hardship. When we all learn our lessons, next time we will hold each other accountable properly. Hallelujah. But that should not be a lesson for you not to save, not to invest. Remember the man who was given one talent by the Lord Jesus Christ. He went and hid it. What did Jesus say? You, you are a very wicked servant. If you knew that I reap where I have not sown, then the money that I gave you, you should have done what? You should have put it in the bank so that when I come, I'll earn interest in it. More than 2,000 years ago, Jesus was teaching his people about investment. So, a word to the wise is enough. 80% living expenses. You can live off it. And later on, you can even decrease it. Decrease it, decrease or change your margins. I tell people that I don't pay tithe, they don't understand it. That 10% I stopped a long time ago. You pay more than that because God teaches you the more you sow, the more, the more you reap. You sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. Seek financial wisdom and planning. What I'm talking about, seek more. There are people who are more qualified to teach you this. Because the Bible tells us something. That go and see the ant. The ant, they have no leader. But when it is summertime, they gather. So that winter they have food to eat. There are many of us who are growing up. We have no savings. We have no investment. I was listening to a program from the circle. It says somebody will be so hot that they will come and take a phone that they bought for 1,000 Ghana cities. And because they are hot, they want to pay for something. Electricity bill or water bill or medical. They take the phone. They want to sell it for how much? 200 cities. So, okay, how much will you pay? And the man is telling you, no, it's not yours. The police and the CIDs are there. Finally, they arrest you for selling. You say, it's my own phone. Why are you selling? So, I just did 200. If you were saving the 200, you would have had it. But the 200 that I think is too small... You're not saving. So he said, go to the ant. He said, poverty kills. <laughs> Difficult to say, but let me say it to you as a pastor. If you think being young is expensive, wait till you, are growing, you grow old. Then you will know that growing old is more expensive. So I walked to a bank 
that have been saving it for a long time. And this person comes there. The only time he opened an account there was when he collected his need money. So the need money is finished. I mean, he has withdrawn, it's finished. He goes to a doctor, and the doctor writes a prescription for him. So he comes to the lady, Madam, I want money. And the girl looks at him and says, For what? Say, My money is here. So you came last week, but say, My money is finished, give me more. He said, From where? Oh, go, go there, go there. Then the woman comes to see me. Sir, she said my money is finished. So I went to the teller to her, what's going on here? She said, look, that's why we don't want poor people here. I said, have you seen it? He said, yeah, but what am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm a teller. The money I can give him is the money he's put here. It's finished. Papa, do you have some money anywhere? No. Why? I don't have anything. I don't have anybody. I looked at the man. And I was sad. I gave him something. But I only met him in the bank and I will not see him again. Where to the wise is enough. Get financial literacy. Get plans. The church is not only interested in your giving money to the church, to pastors, upon prophetic declaration and all of that. You must live a total balanced life. Because 100% belongs to God. Again, shall I repeat it? The word to the wise is enough. Go to the ant. You slacker. Observe its ways and become wise. Without a leader, administrator, or ruler, the ant prepares provisions in summer. It gathers food during harvest. How long will you stay in bed, you slacker? When will you get up from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest, and your poverty will catch you like a bandit or like an arm robber. May God help us to be wise according to the times. Because to give, you must have in order to give. To bless you, the Lord must bless your handiwork. So the mandate to give and the motive for giving is because you want to bless the work of God and God says, I'll bless the work you are doing. The last one, the third and the last one. Why would Jesus celebrate this woman? What is it that will cost you to give sacrificially. The woman understood something. That godly sacrificial giving seeks to promote God's agenda in the world in practical ways. The world is made by God. And for those of us he has saved, he has an agenda for us to follow. And giving makes it possible. Evangelism, missions, discipleship, worship, fellowship, Caring for the sick, the poor, the needy, all of these are made possible by what you give. I believe it is something, an understanding like this, that caused that woman to say, Wow, I cannot stay away and not add my little bit to what is going on. As my people will say from the other part of the world, Let my dough, let my powder be in the one you are using to do the banku, I want to contribute some. So she didn't care whether it was small or not. She didn't care. Oh, they said, it's, come and give. This is what I have. God knows it. Oh, day bonds or mentally bonds or whatever bonds. This is what I have. This is what God knows. And the Lord who sees your heart, the supervisor, the proper one, who does not judge according to how people judge, we say, look at her. Look at him. 
And you know what the Lord says? Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things shall be added unto you. Can you imagine it? It's the two persuades she had. If she had kept it. Then you go back to the Lord. Oh, Lord, I don't have. Give me more. Give me more. The, the Lord said, I should give you what? There was a lady, another true story. I called her last week. I just want to ask of her, how are you doing? She said, Pastor, you know, I'm sorry. I've been sick for a very long time. You see, and I'm just wondering. I pledged something to do for God, and I didn't redeem my pledge, even though I had the money. And they've given me hospital bill uh, till it has covered the amount plus more. Is God punishing me? I said, me, I'm not God. I am not God. How would I know what that God? I don't think God punishes you that, people that way. But why do you think that way? You will think that way because you had it. You pledged. He gave you. You should redeem it. You borrowed it. You had it. You went round, round, round. Now that the devourer has hit you, you are asking me. So I pray, God have mercy on you. I'm not God. But I know God doesn't work that way. But sometimes, you see, for your own sake, your own conscience, your own you cannot go before God in confidence. Assuming that woman gave, I mean, not assuming, she gave her all. She will not go to the Lord. Lord, I have come. In obedience to your word, I have given my all. What I will eat, where I will drink, the hospital bill, if it will come, Lord, it be me and you, it be me and you. The Lord say, go up, go. And people have done that. They just come out, oh, madam, do you have any food to eat today? You will be say, madam, I just feel impressed by God. Take 500. Say, then she'll be holding Yehovah. Yes. Faith honors God and God honors faith. May the Lord bless you as you understand the mandate and as you have the motive that it is one, he's the owner. You are a steward. Secondly, you want to promote his work. Thirdly, if you will ever have, he gives you. And you are laying out for yourself treasures not on his earth in heaven. God bless you now and forevermore. Amen.